Are you ready to make positive transformation happen for you? Today, you're going to hear how some of the most successful people in the world have made it happen. Hello, and welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership with Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. These successful people and Dr. Woolsey will share advice, insights, tips, and tricks designed to help you incite personal action. It's time to bring positive transformational leadership to your life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey. Hello and welcome back. This is Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey, and you're listening to Transformational Energy Leadership coming to you from the heartland of America. Now, during the show, I encourage you, go to my website. That's transformationalenergyleadership.com, but only go there during the commercial breaks and learn more about me and my business offerings. And also contact me. I welcome your emails. You can send those to mwolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. And you can find me on this voiceamerica.com platform under the empowerment channel and of course i'm on social media that's linkedin and facebook okay folks to achieve competitive advantage it all begins with love that's right my guest today steve farber asserts that when you approach business from a place of love the outcomes can far exceed expectations author of the recently released book called love is just damn good business steve repeats a phrase throughout his book that goes like this Quote, do what you love in the service of people who love what you do, unquote. All right, so here's more about Steve. He is the president of Extreme Leadership, Inc., the founder of the Extreme Leadership Institute, a best-selling author, a sought-after speaker and consultant, and a singer, songwriter, and musician. So those of you who know me, you can see why I love him already. His books include The Radical Leap, The Radical Edge, and greater than yourself. And in fact, his book, The Radical Leap, is considered a classic in the leadership field. It received Fast Company's Reader's Choice Award, and it was named one of the 100 best business books of all time. Now, something personal, he lives in San Diego with his wife, Veronica, who just happens to be his business partner, and together, they do what they love in the service of people who love what they do. Okay, you hear the theme, we're talking about love today. So Steve, welcome to Transformational Energy Leadership. Thank you, thank you Matthew, it's great to be here with you. I'm excited to have you here and I'm so glad we're talking about love and it's come up in other interviews I've had over the course of the show and I'm glad that we're taking just love and we're going to dig right down into it. So, you know, you have a phrase in your book and I said it earlier, it's do what you love in the service of people who love what you do, and it guides the structure of your book. So let's start with that very first part, do what you love. And coming out of the gate, I have to ask you this. I have to ask you this because, you know, I'm sure all of my listeners have heard this. I've heard it many times. You know, Matt, you need to choose a job you love because then you'll never have to work a day in your life. Okay, my question for you, Steve, how true is this really? Yeah, yeah, it's a a great question. Uh, So... (laughs) You know, right out of the gate, let me just say, I love my work. I've been doing this work for a long time, for 30 years now. And by this work, I mean leadership development and working with all kinds of companies and just about every kind of industry, you know, and I love this work. And, and I work my ass off. So, <laughs> no, <laughs> loving your work doesn't mean, I mean, I, I get the sentiment of that, of that idea, but you know, it's, it's, there's effort, there's challenge, there's frustration involved in everything of note that we're trying to do. And 
when we love when we love the essence of what we're doing, when we love the cause that we stand for, the values that we stand for, the the you know the impact that we can have, the people that we're working with, the people that we're working for, otherwise known as clients, then it gives us the juice and the energy to persist through all of those challenges and obstacles and tough stuff. Mm. So yeah, we're working, but we're working we're working from a deeper level, and we're working in a way that that you know lights us up. Uh, versus doing something that's just absolutely miserable all the time. <laughs> and I know there are, you know, there are, it's not either one or the other. There are gradations on that scale. But, uh, but yes, uh, love really is at the foundation of what great business is. Oh, I, and I'm so glad that you said that. You know, recently I'm, I'm preparing to do some work with a client and, and we're talking about innovation and thinking and being strategic. And in part of that conversation, we were talking about there's some articles out there about how some of us, we, we can just land on something in our 20s and, hey, that's it. That's your niche. And for many of us, we take course corrections in our career path, if you will, you know, and it takes us a while to get there. But I'll tell you, once you get there, because I know for myself, it's what you just said, doing what I'm doing now, I really love it. Yes, it works. I work hard. And some people say, well, don't you get tired of travel? Don't you, you know, this, that, and the other. And I look at them and I say, no, I really don't because it fuels me. Even though it's work, Yeah, you love it, right? That's okay. Yeah, so exactly. you, And I think, yeah, I think that's, but you said something really important there, Matthew, because I think a lot of us, you know, we've been, we know, we kind of, Either we've been told, we know because we've been told or because we kind of feel intuitively that we're supposed to be pursuing our quote-unquote purpose, right? Mm, so right. for some of us, what that is is very clear very early on. But for the rest of us, and I would, I would say for most of us, it's a discovery process. So it's about being, you know, being persistent kind of keeping our antenna out, what is it that I, that I would really love to do, and can I make money at it, and can I have an impact with it, and I don't know what that is, but I'm pretty sure there's something, and in that moment, or in those moments, the danger is to say, well, if I don't know, if it's not obvious to me, then I'll, I'll never find it, and it feels, you, know, you, could, you could fall into despair, even. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for most of us, myself included, by the way, uh, it takes a while to find it. I mean, I started out, as you mentioned, I wanted to be a musician. That was what I loved to do. That was my passion. Mm. I, you know, I was playing guitar since I was 13 years old, and I loved it. And then in 1981, I got married and had a family right away, and then I immediately began to see that being a musician and feeding people were mutually exclusive ideas. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's when I went into business. And it was miserable at first until I found, um, I know it sounds like a cliche, until I found my calling, until I found what my, what my heart was really guiding me to do. And that's mm-hmm. what I've been doing ever since. And, you know, I'll, I'll say that the coach in me says that journey that you went on, the journey I went on, the journey that all of our listeners have gone on, it's perfect for you because you had to go to those places to to find the next turn, you know, and it was perfect for you at that time. So if you're a listener out there right now and you're thinking, gosh, I don't love what I do. I'm working hard. That's okay. It's okay. It's perfect where you are, but you've got this awakening to keep, keep looking and keep thinking about it. And of course, this conversation is going to keep going that way as well. I have to ask you, Steve, that 
you know, because I, I know there are some naysayers listening going, love, why, why are we talking about love and business? And so let's just head this off right now and talk about that. Why does yeah. love matter? Why does it matter in business? Yeah, so, so let me be clear about, about this. Um, I am a business guy. Uh, and I know I'll acknowledge right, right away that we are not accustomed to using the word love and business in the same sentence. It makes, it makes a lot of people squirm, as a matter of fact. Uh, and I think that, you know, in, in my experience, um, that's, it's at least uh, unfortunate and it's potentially tragic because not only is love not inappropriate, to use a double negative, in the context of business, it's really at the foundation of what great leadership is and it's the foundation of any great thriving competitive business. So here's, here's the, the case for it if I may, if that's the right word. We need, our, our competitive advantage, no matter what kind of business we have, whether it's a product or a service or an experience, whatever, we need our customers, our clients, to love what we do for them. They need to love the product, the service, the combination of the two. They need to love the impact that we have on their lives. The, you know, we need them to love us for one very simple reason. Anything short of that doesn't yield what we look for as business people. Uh, like money, for example, consistently over time, like brand loyalty, like word of mouth, you know, the buzz factor. If I'm merely satisfied with what you do for me, there's no greater likelihood I'm going to stick around as your customer. And we should all know this by now. This is nothing new. Uh, There's been tons of research on this for many, many years, for decades even, that there's no correlation between a satisfactory experience and a repeat business, right? So let's just start with that premise. We need our customers to love us. Now, let's back it up. That's usually where it stops. Let's back it up one more step. The only way that we can create an experience in a meaningful and sustainable way over time that our customers are going to love is by creating an environment or a culture that our people love working in. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. If I hate working here, it's much more difficult for me to create an experience for my customers, right? And Mm -hmm. back it up one more step. I can't create that kind of culture or contribute to that kind of culture unless I have it myself first. If my heart's not in it, if I don't love the work that we do, the people that we do it for, the, you know, my, my uh, employees, my colleagues, the values that we stand for, if I can't find something in this that I love, that my heart is really in, it's almost impossible for me to create the right kind of culture, and then that's not going to have the impact on customers. So it all gets very personal very quickly. So this is not this is not love as a sentiment. This is love as a practice and a discipline. Because what we have to do then is begin to answer the question, what does that look like? It's not about walking around saying, I love you, man. I love you, man. I love, I love, I love you. You know, printing, printing a button that says we love our customers and all that stuff. Uh, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, I guess. But... We've got to take it to the next step, which is, well, if that's true, what would I do differently? Mm-hmm. What would my, how would my business be different? What would my approach, how would my approach change in order to demonstrate that idea, that feeling? Yes. It, you know, I, I, mean, I read your book, by the way, and it's fantastic. All the listeners out there, you need to get it. It's, it's a good read, and it makes common sense. And when I was reading your book, and I was reflecting on the work that I've done, and one of my guests in the past, she said, you know, Matt, when you come from a place of love, 
and you you shield yourself or wrap yourself in love and think about the people that you're trying to develop, you'll come up with much more authentic, sincere ways because you really care. You want them to be the best that they can be. If you're coming at it from I'm the manager, you're reporting to me, and it's that loves out of the equation, it's a it's a very different feel. And I, I mean, yeah. would you agree? Yeah, it's and it's true. I totally I find agree. It, but here's. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So here's so here's the thing. Um, yeah. There, there's a bit of conditioning, I think, that we're all subject to, this kind of cultural conditioning that's happened over time that makes us on some level have this debate in ourselves of should I strive for results in my business or should I do this, you know, soft people thing, this love stuff, this care mm. stuff? What should I do? And that's a, it's a, it's a terrible question because what it implies yeah. is that they're mutually exclusive, right? This is about getting results. It's about a better way to get results. So for example, your, your friend that said that to you is absolutely spot on. So let's, let's take another scenario. Let's talk about customers. Same is mm-hmm. true for the, you know, the question about, you know, if I show my, if I, if I'm coming from a place of love for my employees, it changes how I approach them. The same is true for customers. So if we, you know, bring a team together and ask a question that we've been asking for, you know, forever, which is something like, okay, team, how are we going to improve our customer service? We're going to get some ideas. No question about it. But if we ask the question in a different way, for example, okay, team, how can we demonstrate to our customers that we love them? You're going to get a different quality answer. You're right. It's going to be a higher standard, right? It's a, it's, it changes. It does change the game because it raises the standards. It raises the expectations. That is much harder to live up to. So this idea that love is soft could not be further from the truth. It's <laughs> hard agree. stuff, man. It's really hard. And, and it's, about, it's about challenging each other in a business and beyond, of course, to um, to make this place and everything that we stand for as good as it could possibly be and beyond. Mm. Wow. And you know, my listeners have heard me say this over and over and over. We are emotional beings first who just happen to think. And what you're saying is we're getting right at that very thing that makes us uniquely human, makes us who we are. And your example earlier, too, about... When the people don't love what you're doing, first you have to love what you're doing, and then if your people don't, that gets at the culture piece, right? And it's the yeah. the human. That's you can have the best product out there, but if if people don't love it, if they're not loving the what they're doing and everything about it, the customer feels it. Everyone around them feels it. I, you you just really hit it on the head. Tell you what, time is flying by. We're already at our first commercial break. So what we'll do, we'll resume, resume this conversation about love. And so for everybody out there over the commercial break, I encourage you, go to my website. That's transformationalenergyleadership.com. We will see you back here in two minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to Lead Up for Women. 
Speak Up to Lead Up as we celebrate the influence of women in business and beyond. Your host, Colleen Biggs, speaks with guests who have stories to share, have faced adversity, and have become success stories in business, in their communities, and in personal accomplishments. Join the strong and the brilliant ones and understand that the world is ready for you to be at your best. Lead Up for Women is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Join host Marla Goldberg each week for guided spirit conversations. This show puts you, the listener, in touch with some exciting guests. Hear how they've helped others and find out how you can help too through Marla's charity shoutouts. Are you ready to shift your current life experience? We've got tips, tools, and techniques designed to help you get started. Guided Spirit Conversations can be heard Thursdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. Today, the topic is about harnessing the power of love in business and leadership. Joining me today is Steve Farber, the author of Love is Just Damn Good Business. So let's go back to the phrase that Steve has in his book. So Steve, you have this phrase that says, do what you love in the service of people who love what you do. And it guides the whole structure of your book. I'd like to focus this section on in the service of people portion. And so... You, you alluded to this earlier, but I think we can still go into it further, and that is, how can today's leaders harness love to lead their organizations and elevate their customer? Yeah. So let me, let me just step back and put that whole phrase in context, and we'll, and we'll dive into it. So sure. do what you love is the foundation for this whole thing, okay? Um, now, we can't leave it there, because if all I'm doing is what I love – and it doesn't really matter how that impacts anybody else as long as I'm doing what I love. That's taken to an extreme. That's just another way of saying narcissism, right? right. So, yes, I'm doing what I love. And I'm using that to serve people. So in the service of people is the context. It's, it's both the moral and ethical context, but it's also the business context. I'm doing what I love. I'm using that to serve you. And I'm serving you not just because I feel obligated to or because I read a book on servant leadership once upon a time or whatever, but I'm, <laughs> right. I'm serving you to such a profound degree that it has an impact on you in some way, and the result is you reciprocate. You love me in return. Uh, so do what you love in the service of people who love what you do. When you have clients and you have employees who say, I love this, I love what you're doing, I love this thing that we're creating – that's, again, where all the magic happens, including money and loyalty and everything else, right? So doing what you love is what we were talking about in, in the first segment a little bit more, but it's just one more, just one more thing on that. I'm not suggesting that we should all be madly in love with everything about our work, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, started, we, we talked about this a little bit. There, there are things 
the, in my work that I, you know, I love my work, but there are things that I have to do that I don't love in order to do the work that I love. And there's a technical term for that. It's called being an adult. So <laughs> then, yes. you know, so, but I need to have something. There's got to be some spark. So what, what do I love about this work is a good place to start. Find something where the, you know, the ember is burning a little bit, fan the flames of it. Now, now my heart is in it. I'm speaking rather poetically here. And then, uh, <laughs> then it's in the service of people, right? So right. this is where, this is where um, we, we, we need to, the phrase I like to use is operationalize love. And it's, it's answering this question, what does or what should this look like in the way that we do business? So, so let me give you an example of what serving customers might mean. Mm-hmm. Um, one, of, uh, one of the case studies that, uh, that you read about in the book is a company called Trailer Bridge, uh, which is in, uh, they're in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, I've been talking about them a lot lately. I'm just madly in love with these guys. <laughs> well, I read about it in the book, and I see example. why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're such a beautiful example. So, so first of all, they're not a sexy business, right? They're they're a shipping company. They they ship containers of goods from uh, primarily from mainland U.S. to Puerto Rico and uh, Dominican Republic. And their history—they've been around for 30 years. Their history is, uh, to put not too fine a point on it, toxic. They were awful, uh, and and how, you know that sounds like a like a judgment, but I mean if you just look at the numbers, they were awful. They were they went bankrupt. They had terrible customer scores, uh, and and it was just a, an awful environment to work in all the way around. And when they emerged from bankruptcy, then they started trying to turn the place around, and they, they burned through four CEOs in three years. They burned through four heads of HR in three years. So can you imagine? Working at this company, uh-huh. and it's like every time you turn around, there's a new CEO, Mm-mm. and and everybody's in their little silos and in their little, you know. And this is a small company at the time; it's like 120 people. People would hide in their office, they'd hide in their cubicles. Nobody ever talked to each other, and the place was just people do their work, and they, you know, be miserable. And their customers kept telling them, "You guys, you guys suck," <laughs> but we do business wow. with you <laughs> when we have to because you're the cheapest. That's where they came from. So Mitch Luciano was tapped by the board to once and for all turn this place around. And he said, okay, I will do that. But the two things you need to know, board, number one, I will not take the title of CEO because I have to earn that. This doesn't mean anything to, these, to, to the people that work here because they've been burned too many times. I'll earn the title of CEO. And number two, what you need to know is that this is not going to look like what you think it's going to look like because, and I don't know that he used these words exactly, but basically what he said was, I'm a love guy. Hmm. I'm going to create an environment that people love working in. I'm going to create an environment that our customers are going to love. So right from the, right from the get-go, he started to ask this question, what does this look like? Why do I love this? business and how do I show it? That's another way of framing the question. So he loved the people that were there. Not all of them, not all of them, but for the most part, he looked at them and he said, these people are capable of doing so much more and I believe in them. So he started investing in them by changing the physical environment, by creating a different kind of relationship with them, by asking for their opinions, having town halls, getting them engaged and involved in different ways. And then they asked, so he's serving them, right? My job Mm -hmm. is to serve our employees by creating an environment that they're going to love working in and they hate this place, right? That's where he's starting from. 
So then they asked the question, what's going on with our customers? Because uh, you know, they, they don't like us either. <laughs> <laughs> so the question, so here's what they, what they found. They had a policy in this company that unless, so they're shipping a container from the U.S. to Puerto Rico, unless that container was at least 75% full, they would not sail because they would lose money on that shipment. Okay? So, mm-hmm. kind of makes sense on the bottom line. But if you look at it from the customer's perspective, you're, you're shipping a car, Matthew, to, you know, for, to Puerto Rico for your family. Okay? Right. And mm-hmm. you tell them it's going to be there on such and such a date. And then the, the, the shipping date comes and goes, and your car is still sitting on that container in Jacksonville in the harbor. And the company says to you, well, we didn't sail because we weren't full enough. <laughs> what? That doesn't, yes, what? thank you. <laughs> okay, so here's the, this is the punchline. So they asked the question, if we loved our customers, what would we do? And when you ask the question in that way, the answer was really obvious. The answer is, we would sail. We would sail, because we said we would. And they did. And they started doing that. Among, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating, hundreds of other things, tangible new policies, procedures, approaches that they applied internally and externally. And I'm just going to, and you know, you'll read about it in the book, but I, I'm just going to cut to the punchline. Now, these guys have been voted number one and number two best place to work in the city of Jacksonville. The last two years, their revenue in the last two years has exceeded the previous 25 years of the company combined. They just last week won another quality award. They, it's, just, it's just an amazing thing. So this is all, it, it's really kind of in that framework, in the service of people, right? Yes. What does that look like? How do we serve you differently in, in, a, in a significant and profoundly different way? And, and that's where the payoff comes from. Mm-hmm. And the way that you phrase it right there, if all of us listening and thinking about what you just said, if we were to stop and say, if I really love my customer, if I really love my employees, if I, if we keep asking that, if I really love, what would I do differently or how would I, you're absolutely right. It's just a way, it's it's going back, yeah, (laughs) it just goes back to we're humans and, and when we come from that place of love, you know, I'm, and when I hear the story that you were just t- talking about here, so that, that CEO came in, he had to earn, or he said, wait, don't call me CEO. I, I will, you call me that later when I have to earn the trust and, and all of that from everyone who's working with me in there. And you say this in your book, it's also important for leaders to also make mistakes and making mistakes yeah. in public that's a good thing to do. And tell us more about that. Yeah, so there's this, uh, this myth that, again, a lot of us subscribe to, that once you assume a leadership role, you have to be flawless because that's what people expect. And, and if I show that I make mistakes occasionally, if I show that I make the wrong decisions occasionally, then I'm damaging my credibility and people won't follow me. Now, that's true. Sometimes if I'm incompetent, yeah, that's true. But all of us make mistakes. I know I'm stating the obvious, but sometimes we have to state the obvious. So the irony here is that if I'm, as a leader, if I am so concerned about my image 
that I cover up, I, I um, blame other people, I, you know, I'm doing anything I can to keep an image that I am infallible, then what happens is, ironically, I am automatically suspect. Because we all know there is no such animal, right? So instead, mm-hmm. instead, why not, why not be, uh, to use the, one of the beautiful buzzwords of the day, why not be more transparent? I said, look, this is, this is what I tried to do. It didn't work. And here's what I learned from it. So now I'm using my quote-unquote failure as a learning opportunity for everybody to learn from. And it's, it's so really what it comes down to is a willingness to share that humanity, to share that experience with each other. Because when, when it all comes down to it, listen, people will, if I'm the boss people will do what I tell them to do because they want to keep their job. Mm-hmm. But, but leadership is about creating a relationship where people want to do great things. They don't do them because they have to they do them because they want to. And in other words, I'm going to willingly follow. I'm going to willingly be a part of this team. I'm going to willingly contribute to what we're trying to do together. And, and we, we follow human beings. We don't follow some kind of idealized icon of, unattainable perfection, at least not in the physical, you know, <laughs> the physical world. Um, so, so this is about using our humanity, as, as you've said, you know, several times already. Um, and, and it creates, it creates a deeper connection when mm-hmm. we're willing to, you know, to, to learn from each other's uh, failures, as well as learning from each other's successes. Let's not forget that, too. That's also incredibly powerful. Right. And I'll pause it. In fact, I know uh, for most of us humans walking this earth who have taken on leadership roles, at some point, you know, we do fall into that trap of, well, I need to put up this front. I've got my act together. I don't make mistakes. And if you're one of those people listening right now, guaranteed you will drive yourself crazy. Give yourself some grace and realize we're humans. We're and by when we make mistakes, that's actually when we learn more, right? That's 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 when we Absolutely. really we figure things out, and that's okay. So give yourself some grace. Well, here we are. We're we're at a commercial break, and we will continue this conversation, talking about love and le- business and leadership and much much more. So everyone out there, we'll be right back here on the other side of this break. Stay tuned. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. It's quite common for people to wonder whether happiness is real or just an illusion. Yet we all have an inner voice that is telling us that we need to change. Where to begin? Start by taking time out of your schedule every week for Revelations and Wonders, Secrets to Life and Happiness, with host Fabian Edju. There is a true beauty within your soul, and happiness flows from inside. We'll help you find that new confidence within. Listen every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The White House doctor makes house calls. 
Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. All right, everyone, we are back, and today I am talking with Steve Farber, the author of the recently released book called Love is Just Damn Good Business. And in the last segment, we talked about how leaders can harness love to lead their organizations and why making mistakes in public is a good thing. And Steve, I didn't get to this question, but I think it's a really good one for us to talk about before I go into some other things I want to chat with you about. And that is, you know, we when love is present – and we're building trust and we're building trust with our clients, our customers and our people. And would you say when we want to, if let's say that trust is compromised, rebuilding that trust, if love is present, would you say it's a bit easier to gain that trust back? So, so give me, give me that question one more time. So I want to make sure I'm understanding it correctly. Sure. So let's say that love is present. You know, let's, Let's say with a customer, for example, that love is present, and so there's a level of trust that's there, and somewhere along the way that trust gets broken or gets compromised. Mm. Would you say rebuilding and getting that trust back is it e- is easier when you have love there in the first place? So I think in in general the answer to that is yes, but also we need to be really cognizant of how fragile this whole thing is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it can take it can take years to build, and often does years to build a culture that's characterized by by love and trust and all the great things that come along with that. It can take years to build that. You can you can tear it down in a day, right? Yeah, and and then you you have the task of having to rebuild. So it kind of depends on what tore it down. That that's really the that's really the key. You're so absolutely this is what right. I've seen play out. I've seen this play out quite a, quite a few times, uh, where, and I'm actually watching it in in one very, you know, well known uh, company right now. Uh, I won't I won't name names because I don't want to put a label on anybody and and you know, uh, right. you know, jinx anybody's efforts. <laughs> but oftentimes, I'll see cultures torn down with a change in leadership. Mm. I mean, how many times have you seen that in your work, right? Mm-hmm. So you have yes. a leader of a, of a company or a business unit or, or a department or whatever, and they spend years really cultivating the right kind of relationship, and then that person leaves, a new person comes in, looks around and says, ah, this is a bunch of crap. 
and we're going to do it. We're going to do it my way, and then everybody's debilitated. Uh, I've seen it happen over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, or a CEO who's who's really you know been beloved by the company because of the kinds of of the kinds of uh, you know approaches they've had to their customers and clients and their employees, and then that person retires, and the new person comes in and says, I don't do things that way. So instead of coming in and looking at what's working here and asking that question and taking into account all these human beings that have been doing phenomenal work because of this environment, instead of that, they say, well, now it's my turn. I'm the boss. And and it becomes an ego-based thing. So you tear down a culture that way. How do you rebuild from that? Mm-hmm. How do you do it? You, you, you know, you have to, you have to do it from um, I, uh, what I refer to as a, a microculture standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe this person dismantled our, our culture with a capital C. What about the culture of my team? So can I still foster those kind of relationships and that trust in the area that I'm directly responsible for? The answer is yes. That's leadership. So a lot of times, you know, that, that's, that's an opportunity for grassroots leadership when you see things around you changing in ways that, that you don't like. And, you know, uh, so how easy is that to rebuild? Again, it depends. Depends, it depends. on who's, you know, who, who's rebuilding it and why it broke down in the first place. Right. I, it, thank you for that. I, I, I wanted to ask that because, you know, that's something that, you know, it comes up in conversations, you know, when, when the trust is broken, is it even possible to mend? And, and like you said, it's context. It comes down to the situation and it just depends. And so I appreciate your, your response to that. And, you know, what I want to do is go back to your phrase where you talk about do what you love in the service of people who love what you do. And that last part of it, who love what you do. Let's talk a little, dig into that a little bit. And let me just ask you, why is that part of the equation, who love what you do? Yeah, so you know, you know the phrase um, uh, ROI, return on investment. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, well, we hear it a lot. What we're always after. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's what we're always after as business people. So here's another take on it. It's uh, I like to refer to it as still ROI, and let's just use a little slightly different word. It's it's reciprocity on investment, right? Mm. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm serving you because it's the right thing to do, because I want to impact your life, because I want to, I want to uh, you know, show you how, how valuable our product and service is, all that. And if I do that well, the result is reciprocity. And that's what we want as business people, right? So it's a, it's a, it's a little nuanced, because if we're, if we're only serving people because we're, you know, for that quid pro quo, if we're only serving people because that's how we get their loyalty, chances are less likely that we're actually going to get their loyalty. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, you know, it comes from a place of, you know, how do I, how do I show these people that I love them even, even though I don't? Because I want, you know, I want their business. Um, so, but yet, that is what we want. That, that is our goal. That's our objective as business people. And in any relationship, really. I mean, we want to be in relationships there where you know, the love is reciprocal. We want to be in, in, a, in a business relationship where the value is reciprocal. So I give you, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the basic 
commerce model. I give you something of value, you pay me for it. But when when the when the service is so is so great, and and customers say, you know, I really I love doing business with this company. They are uh, when they raise their hand and identify themselves that way. Those are the customers that we should really be cultivating. And now we want to create more customers like that. But that's that's the ideal customer. I mean, we've all had customers and clients that, I, I mean, I can't tell you how many for, I mean, really great friends I have in my world that started out and are still technically customers for clients. And when they raise their hand and say, Farber, I, I love what you guys do at the Extreme Leadership Institute. I, I love what what your ideas have done for my business. Uh, and, and, I, and they identify themselves that way. Those are customers and clients for life. And the fringe benefit is they also become really good friends in many cases. Mm-hmm. So, so that's, the, that's the sweet spot in all of this. And, you know, there, there are ways to measure it. Um, you know, net promoter score is, is the, the classic, kind of become the, the classic kind of gold standard way of, Measuring how our clients and customers respond to us, um, you know, on a scale of one to ten, how likely are you to recommend us to friends or family? And quite some time ago, I I read an article by somebody from uh, Intuit who said that they refer to that and that promoter score. They refer to that as the love metric <laughs> because if they give us a ten, they're telling us that they love us. That is exactly the point. Exactly the point, mm-hmm. and and those those customers also become our best advocates and our best our you know our best uh, uh, <laughs> marketing people for us. It's the raving fan thing, you know, that, that Ken Blanchard wrote about all those years ago. But the same thing applies internally, right? So if yes. you go back to Trailer Bridge for a second, we were talking about before the break. They, you can imagine, in the old days, Trailer Bridge. Um, they spent a ton of money on recruiters because they had to pay to get people to work there. And now they spend virtually no money on recruiters because their own employees are their best recruiters. Why? Because they love it. And they're telling others about it. Is that reciprocity? Come work with me. Come work with us. This place is amazing. So they've actually had to train them uh, to... You know, they train them in interview skills and recruiting skills and all that. And uh-huh. they've saved a ton of money on recruiting, and they're getting a much higher quality of talent because the standards are higher, and it's all happening organically. So doing what they love in the service of people who – and now my employees love what I'm doing and love being here, and they bring more people on board. So it all feeds, you know, the, all these things feed on each other. They're not three separate things. They're all, they're all meant to be taken together. Oh, they sure are. Return on reciprocity. It's an awesome phrase. Okay, I have to ask. I'm going to turn a little dark here and say, all right, Steve, what do you do when we can't make anyone love us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, wow, what a great question. Because for one thing, <laughs> I don't know that we can make anyone love us. I, I'm not sure that that's the right frame up for it. I think mm-hmm. what we want to do is is do the best we can to show to show them that we love them, and the reciprocity would come as a result of that. Uh, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes mm-hmm. it doesn't. So you know, when I, for 
we've got to we've got to understand why. So in a marketplace, um, if I if I think I'm doing what my customers are going to love, and I'm not getting any evidence that that's true, I'm not getting any reciprocity. Then I've got to look at what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I might I might think I'm doing something great for them, and I'm really not. So that feedback, I don't love I don't love you. I don't love you back. <laughs> I don't love you anymore. <laughs> that's good feedback. Right? That's good feedback. Uh-huh. So why? So the question is why and what's, you know, what's contributing to that. Uh, but also, you know, internally, if you look at it in, in, in the cultural lens, right? So mm-hmm. the people that work here and how we work together and all of that. Um, listen, I'm not suggesting that we should all be madly in love with everybody in our company and they should love us back. And, and I mean, wouldn't, it, wouldn't, that be, wouldn't that be great? But, you know, we're messy. Human beings are messy. Yes. So there are going to be people that, that engage to varying degrees. And that's, that's cool. I mean, if, 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 I'm, if I'm going out of my way to create an environment that people love working in, and, and there's somebody that's just, no matter what you do, they're just not satisfied, uh, we've, all, we've all been down that road. First of all, this isn't about doing things just to make people just to make people feel good. This is, you know, this is all about doing great business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it will reveal that there are some people that, um, you know, nothing's ever good enough. There are people right. like that. There are some people that are just in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. So again, they, to, to kind of pull through that, that same trailer bridge thread through this conversation, um, when Mitch started changing the environment uh, and the physical environment. In other words, he didn't want people to be siloed off into their little cubicles all the time uh, because historically nobody shared information. Everybody, he called them knowledge hoarders. People, which I think is a great image. I just picture somebody, you know, locked away in their office with piles of files around them and saying, this is mine, it's all mine, you can't have it. <laughs> nobody would share information because they felt that this is how I got where I am, so it's nobody else's business, this is my power. And he said, no, man, if we, if we loved the company, we'd be sharing information because we're committed to each other's effectiveness. And that's how we grow as an organization. And... There were people in his management team, his own management team, that just would not do that. And those people are no longer there. Yeah. So and they, I can love yeah. you. I can love you and fire you. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> I, I love the right how you place for you. You know, and I really like how you brought this down to. Okay, so if they don't love you, that's that's excellent feedback, and then it's your choice to figure out the why part of that and. That makes so much, it makes a lot of good sense there, Steve. Okay, we're at our final commercial break. When we come back, Steve, the charge is on. How do we boil all this down to make it make it something we can take forward and, and love? <laughs> so, so, stew on that. And for everyone out there, stay tuned. We'll be back here in just a few minutes. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Tune in to The James Dentley Show and learn strategies for success in business and in life. Dr. James Dentley is a proven success coach who knows how to convert good into great. 
You'll find out from the achievers and leaders how they got to be the success stories that they are. And Dr. Dentley and his guests will give you the tools you need to follow in their footsteps. It's time to become the best version of you. Listen to The James Dentley Show, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Empowerment. Take a closer look at yourself in the present. Your body has its own GPS system designed to help you follow your intuition, align your thoughts, and set your own course. Host Dee Lee is here to be your external guide to this discovery. Take a break, a mindful space to pause, and help bring forth the balance that your life deserves. Listen live for Mindful Space to Pause every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Transformational Energy Leadership. To reach Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey or his guest today, you are welcome to call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, send it to mwoolsey at transformationalenergyleadership.com. Now, back to this week's show. And here we are for this final segment of the show, and I've been talking today with my guest, Steve Farber, all about love and leadership and business, and he, Steve, has made a persuasive case that this is a key ingredient to really having leadership success. And so, Steve, I'm going to put you on the spot now and say, all right, pull all these valuable insights together that you've shared with me over this past hour. How do we start? And I'm I'm talking about all of us, all of us who have been listening, the listeners out there, you and how do we pull this together, making love our driver and what we do as leaders and in the people we serve? Yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the critical question. Um, (laughs) Yes. So. I'm going to I'm going to give you something, give all of us, and by the way, I include myself in this, it's an ongoing practice, but a great place to start is, you know, you might be expecting me to give you a list of things to do. So do these 10 things to show your customers and your employees that you love them, but I'm not going to do that because they may not be relevant to you. So instead, I'm going to pose a question, and it's something like this. Why do I love this? And then you pick the context. Why do I love this business, this team, this customer, this project, whatever the context is? Why do I love this work, generically speaking? And how do I show it? So part one, why do I love this? Part two is how do I show it? Now, if the answer to that question, if the honest answer to the question is, if I say, for example, why do I love my team? And the answer is, well, I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> That's a big. So then, yeah. ask it. Ask it a slightly different way. What do I love about this? Right. What do I love about mm-hmm. it? So it's it's finding finding some connection uh, that you have. And if the answer to that, if really after a lot of soul searching, you're really not coming up with an answer to it, then you've got some deeper questions that you have to ask for yourself. For example, am I in the right place? And what am I missing? And what do I need to change? Okay. But if you start with that question, for example, why do I love my customers? And the next question is, how do I show it? Then in answering that question, you will, in fact, be operationalizing love. 
So I've given, you know, I've given you several examples in our conversation, you know, what Trailer mm-hmm. Bridge did with, you know, changing their customer policy for we sale no matter what to, every, you know, every, everything else that, uh, that they've been doing there. You're going to come up with your own answers, and they're going to be relevant to your business, to your culture, to your industry, and, and to, your, to yourself. And I would also recommend that you engage other people in that question. This is not entirely up to you to figure it out just, you know, by your little lonesome. Uh, this is a collective, you know, business is a collective effort. I mean, even if we're a solopreneur, it's still a collective effort because you have vendors and you have customers and we're working on this together, right? So start right. with that question. Why do I love this? How do I show it? And see where that takes you. And make it a habit of asking yourself that question frequently. And it becomes, it becomes a habit. The more, you, the more you do it, the easier it is to ask the question. And you're going to find that these ideas will start to, they'll just reveal themselves to you. I mean, not in any mystical way. You'd just be, you'd just be more tuned in uh, to, you know, to looking for these solutions, and they're going to pop up left and right. You'll be blown away. And then the biggest challenge you're going to have is deciding what not to do. Mm-hmm. You'll have so much stuff to choose from. This is I I love it. And you know what you're I I like what you're saying in terms of why do I love this? And it's also it's a lot about framing. I like how you said, okay, if you can't answer why, then switch it to what? What do I love about this? And to have that conversation with yourself. And certainly we all have bad days or we have moments where maybe things aren't popping the way they should be, you know, for the things we all have those moments. But I think what you're saying is you have to keep asking yourself. Why do I love? Yeah. Why do I love this? Absolutely, absolutely. So, for example, um, you're, you're. I mean, you're right. Uh, let, let's acknowledge that some days that question is much easier to answer than, than other days, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Some days yeah, you arrive at work in the morning, you throw open the door, and say, "Why do I love this work? Let me count the ways." And you can write a love sonnet to everybody on your team. And then other days, the question doesn't even come out the same way. It's not "Why do I love this?" It's more like "Why the hell did I sign up for this?" <laughs> right. And really, all it's, I want to do is go back nice. to bed. So, here's what I would suggest. The more difficult it is to answer this question, the more important it is to answer this question. Mm. Mm-hmm. I like the way you phrase that. The because more this difficult... Is where your juice, this is where your juice is going to come from. And, and we have to, you know, we, we just have to keep, uh, keep striving to find it. Fantastic. All right, so everyone out there, after this show... Stop what you're doing and ask yourself, why do I love what I'm doing? And if that doesn't get you anywhere, talk about what do I love about this? Steve, I can't thank you enough for this great conversation today. And I'm glad that you're bringing love into leadership and into business because it's just damn good business. And so, Carrie, keep doing that torch. And I'm a big fan of yours. So thank you so much. And I have to ask you, if the audience wants to contact you, what's the best best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, so, stevefarber.com is, uh, is the website. And, you know, if you can remember my name, you can find me anywhere on you know, social media, Twitter, Steve Farber, and Instagram, Steve Farber, LinkedIn, Steve Farber, Facebook, Steve Farber. You get the pattern. Yes. <laughs> um, yes and I'd, I'd love to hear from folks and get our own conversation going. That'd be terrific. 
Oh, thanks a lot. And and for everyone out there, if you have a topic that you would like to hear on a future show, a guest that I should interview, let me know. Let's let's add more to the context, more to the conversation about leadership and energy and transformation, everything here. And also go to my website, that's transformationalenergyleadership.com. You can find me there. Send me your ideas. And until next time, until we connect again, I encourage you, do it. Harness your positive energy and lead transformation. We will talk again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Transformational Energy Leadership. Please join Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey again for another edition next Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.